big, hairy, audacious goal is to reduce the cost of care by £20 million per year just for children with cystic fibrosis. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can and yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. In today's episode, I'm talking to Will Jackson from Play Physio about how he's using technology to make a real impact on the lives and health of children with cystic fibrosis, as well as making huge savings for the NHS. Hi, Will. I'm so pleased that you've joined me today. Could you tell me a little bit about what Play Physio does and why you set it up, please? Absolutely. Um, Thanks for inviting me. So Play Physio is a, a community interest company and we develop software and electronic monitors which monitor physiotherapy treatment for chronically sick children. So our mission is to transform the lives of thousands of chronically sick children by enabling them to become players, not patients. Why, why did you set it up? So I've set it up as a result um, of the experience of the daily struggle of helping my daughter manage her chronic respiratory condition. And really the, the daily battles and arguments and stress over doing treatment and trying to do it correctly and trying to do it with the best technique um, and really getting to the, the end of my tether, to be quite honest, that really we needed something to help us do this treatment properly and correctly and also to make it into a fun activity because if, it was, uh, if we could transform the treatment into a fun activity, she would choose to do it herself and then we wouldn't have to argue and she would engage with doing the treatment so she would do it better and then of course you know we'd get all the benefits from doing really good regular correct physiotherapy treatment rather than all of the uh, problems of arguing and fighting and dysfunctional family life uh, which was becoming unbearable uh, and then I realized that really there were thousands of other families that needed help with this as well because a lot of us were all in the same boat and having to deal with the same issues. So that's what I set out to do with Play Physio is to take it away from just being a research project in a hospital to being a real product that people can actually use um, every day to help them and relieve the burden of care for managing chronic disease. Okay, um, so why, why did you choose to set up as a community interest company and not as a traditional business? So... Um, it was a, a, an interesting journey. I started exploring doing this as a, a for-profit company. Um, and as I spoke to more people about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, I kind of had this strong feeling that it wasn't the right way to go about doing this. Uh, so a, a for-profit company wasn't really the right thing. Um, it just kind of felt wrong, to be honest. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get a place on the Cambridge Social Ventures programme and started to learn that actually what I was doing was really building a social venture. Um, and I wasn't aware that such things existed. Um, I, I'd heard of companies with a, a mission that, that might be a social mission, but I didn't really know what social enterprise was. But I quickly came to realise that I think that really felt like the right fit um, because it set out that what we were trying to do it's for the benefit of 
of our community, the, the families dealing with chronic disease. Um, and it seemed, it just felt right. It seemed like the right thing to do, to be quite honest. So that's what I've set out to do. Wow, it sounds like you're an accidental social entrepreneur like many that have never heard of it until they are actually one. <laughs> I think that's it, yeah. I kind of realised, well, this is what I'm doing. This is this seems to fit. Um, so I, I remember the morning that we that I incorporated as a, a kick um, and it just felt right, you know. It, it was kind of like putting on the right sort of clothes and that they seemed to fit and that was good, so... Hopefully, I've made the right choice. I'm sure I have. Yes, definitely. Um, so, um, when you came up with the idea for the app, is that because you've got a background in tech, or um, is it just the the way you thought that it would work best? So, my background uh, is I was originally a product designer, and then I ran a web development company for a few years, and the sort of morning that I spent arguing with my daughter for an hour and a half before primary school, I dropped her off at school and walking home, I thought to myself, really, I should be able to sort this problem out. So wearing my product design hat, I was able to look at the problem from an objective point of view rather than being sort of caught up in all the emotion and the struggles and the arguments and the fights. Um, And then putting on a hat as a, a sort of web development person and I'd gamified things for other people and different reasons before. So I thought, well, I should apply these skills and do this as a project at home and see what, see what we can do. And maybe just doing the project itself would help with our own situation. But quickly, once I'd arrived at a solution, which was hardware and software, so it's not just an app, um, that became, I, I quickly realized, well, I can make this portable and other people could use it. So it, quickly became a product uh, rather than just a one-off thing to help us um, and that's where it, I started to feel it had some real value for other people as well. So in terms of that transition from you just testing this with with your own um, daughter and your your family to realizing that it, it could actually impact thousands of, of cystic fibrosis sufferers how how did that journey take place? What happened during that process? Or was it quite a quick process? So uh, in my mind, it was quite a quick process. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I had something that worked um, that would monitor the sort of blowing she was doing, um, I quickly realized as soon as I had it working with a mobile phone that there was flexibility within the, the way that you can create an app on a phone so that it could be changed for different patients. And at that point, it was very clear that this was highly scalable, if you like, and, and could be applied in different ways for different people for their own requirements. But the reality of realizing that is quite a different uh, process, and that's what's taken quite a few years to sort out. So I started working on this in 2013, and it's now 2019, and we're just about ready to launch a CE-marked medical device, which is the monitor itself, and also the software within the app, which is also a medical device. So I've had to come across the regulatory hurdles and ongoing burdens of doing all the work required for approval. And then there's actually creating a physical product, an electronic product from scratch, as well as creating the app itself itself. Um, 
and also the way that the app communicates to the electronic hardware. So um, I often look at it and think, gosh, if this was only an app, it would have been done in six months. And what would all the fuss have been about? But um, it's actually quite a bit more complex than that. It's taken a bit longer to sort it out. Mm, and I imagine um, trying to work with the um, health services and the NHS is is not an easy process. Um, in terms of the the work with the NHS, what impact is it having on on the NHS in terms of the healthcare that they can provide to to people? So the impact it's having for the NHS is. It's reducing the number of times that a physiotherapist may have to visit a patient. So that's the biggest drain on their uh, time, if you like. It's also increasing the patient's compliance with their treatment, which is the largest problem that we have with, with almost any medical treatment. Compliance is a massive issue. And for this area in particular, because this treatment is time-consuming and it's boring, the compliance levels are thought to be 20%, although this is a prescribed daily treatment that's essential for a chronic condition. So we're seeing at the moment in our clinical trial that compliance is over three and a half times higher than that because the children forget they're doing treatment and they think they're playing games. So the impact on the children is they're a whole lot more positive about all the things they have to do, the treatment to manage their condition. And this is manifest when they come into a clinic appointment, which is typically every two months, to meet the team that looks after them. And the physiotherapists have told me that a number of the children seem to be a whole lot more positive and happier about everything that they have to deal with, which is fantastic. In the longer term, we're hoping to collect data which will show that the health outcomes of these children are significantly improved, mostly because they're doing the treatment they've been prescribed to do, whereas at the moment... They're just not doing that. So we're looking to collect that data and show that going forward. If we can manage that, we should see a reduction in the cost of care because there's a significant amount of prophylactic treatment that's given out to these children to try to manage their uh, respiratory infections. Um, because the lungs are very complicated uh, structure, it's impossible to say if there's a bit of infection in one part of the lung and not in the other. So what tends to happen is that there's a prophylactic treatment given uh, which hopes to address any potential infection. But if the child is doing really good respiratory physio, then they're already clearing their lungs and there's far lower chance for infection. So the, the, our big, hairy, audacious goal is to reduce the cost of care by £20 million per year just for children with cystic fibrosis. Wow, I I absolutely love that. I'm I'm a very big fan of um, social enterprises that are interested in preventing things rather than intervening after a problem's happened. And it's it's fantastic to to hear that you you're looking from the preventative approach to things. Um, are you um, in terms of your plans for the future, considering how this could uh, this technology could apply to other illnesses? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, the therapy devices are used in other conditions for different diseases and by different patient groups. Um, because the uh, patient-facing side of things is an app, we can change that app and create different sorts of apps with different forms of incentivization, if you like, and different gamification for different patient groups. So we could reach out to patients with 
COPD or bronchiectasis, uh, which is then measured in millions of patients, not thousands. So it could be used in different ways, absolutely. There's also uses for the core technology, which could be used in different um, parts of, of medical treatment. Because we have device approval, we could then apply it in different ways to completely different applications from a medical perspective. So that would, again, increase our reach hugely, which would be fantastic. It sounds like you're going to be very busy. Um, I, I could do with um, the technology because I don't like doing my physio at the moment. <laughs> so. Okay, all right. So you're doing physio for something at the moment? Yes, I am. Um, oh, well, I say I'm doing it um, infrequently. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you're the, an exact case where people are prescribed to do something. They don't always do it because perhaps they don't have time or they don't feel any different, or they think it would take too long, or all of those reasons. And this is exactly what we're trying to address. Mm, it's, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, so I um, noticed that you've had a loan from Foundation East, and you're also in Alia's Future 20. Um, how is that kind of support, plus the, the various awards that you've been nominated for, how is that support helping you to, to grow and scale the play physio so the um foundation east were able to support us um whilst we were in a uh, incubator program uh, with some loan funding which enabled us to trigger another grant because we'd already uh, secured the loan funding which was fantastic um and that obviously helped us get stuff created and, and progress towards getting the trial running um the future 20 program has only just kicked off for us but we've, we've worked with Alia in the past and uh, we're really excited about the potential connections that it will make with um, investors in the area uh, and different people and, and structuring ourselves in an attractive way to allow us to get the investment we need to, to scale this thing up as much as possible. So it's uh, yeah, two really exciting opportunities there. Fantastic. Um, so if you had one tip for other social entrepreneurs or individuals that um, have an idea, what, what would your one tip be to them? I think the biggest lesson is don't give up. Definitely from my perspective. Um, if I had realized how difficult it would be to get to where I am at the moment, then it would have, it would have stopped me from starting, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, definitely. And in a lot of ways, where I am now feels like the beginning again. Um, every time I've, I've reached a particular point or a breakthrough or I've, I've you know, had a win in some area that something's worked, then you kind of feel, well, that's brilliant, that's fantastic now, but goodness, I've got so much more to do still. Um, so I think the biggest tip is just keep going and then don't, don't stop, um, provided it's healthy to do that, of course. <laughs> yes okay um thank you so much for that for that how can people find out more about what you're doing uh, so yeah we'd love people to find out about what we're doing play.physio is our website address um jump on there and um, you can sign up with the ubiquitous sign up form um, to say that you're interested or that you'd like to get involved in some way and um, that would be fantastic uh and that will also contact me directly through the through the site so i'd be very happy to um respond to anybody through that if if that's helpful fantastic it's 
been so interesting talking to you today, Will, and finding out about Play Physio, the the reason why you set it up, and um, and also the the long journey that you've had. Um, thank you so much for for joining me today. Thanks, Heidi. It's, it's a pleasure. You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a review or rating? And if you'd like to be on the show, then please get in touch via my website, makeanimpactcic.co.uk. Thank you for listening.